This episode contains descriptions of physical and sexual violence. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Plot Twist. On March 18, 1991, a teenage girl was found dead in Foster Chapel Cemetery in Madison County, Ohio, after suffering blunt force trauma to the face. She was wearing only a bra, one sock, and her jewelry. Her hands were bound and her mouth was covered with duct tape. Who done it? was a 15-year-old honor student and cheerleader. Her mom, Rebecca, said she wanted to become a zoologist because of her love for animals. She dreamt of being a singer or an actress, just as every teenage girl does. She had an 18-year-old boyfriend named Sean, and they became inseparable. Love at first sight. (laughs) Her best friend, her best friend, her best friend, Chantel Lewis, said she was a very beautiful person. She had the sparkle in her eye. You knew she was going to be something. What it like, is that what you're going to say about me when I'm dead, I hope? But you already are something. I already am something. I think it's like kind of sad. Like it was sweet what she said, but also like you knew she was going to be something. Wasn't she already something to you? That's true. That's true. Would have been, could have been, should have been. Feels a little negative. <laughs> I feel like she had very good intents, but it just, I. I'm she was only 15, that. though. Yeah, she had so much potential. So much potential. She looks like a baby, too. Like, when I'm looking at pictures of her, I'm like, she's just, I mean, 15 is young, but like, you're just like, just, she's so cute and little and. It's so sad. It's so sad. She's she's like this pretty little girl, looks like a... You know, she wanted to be like a singer and an actress. Yeah. She probably wanted to do the whole Disney Channel thing with the like... I'm making the motion right now, <laughs> yes. you know, like with the wand and the Mickey ears. You yes. know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah, she was probably like... She looks like the all-American girl, Midwestern Ohio girl. But... All was not sunshine and roses in Jessica's life. No. So Jessica's mom became concerned when her grades started to drop and she quit cheerleading to spend time with her boyfriend. Of course. She started skipping school and threatened to move out. You know, at 15, what are you going to do? Honestly, I'm like... Where are you going to go? This... This feels like very 15-year-old behavior, though. It does, yeah. Like, it reminds me of my first boyfriend when I was like, we are in love. We are, you know, going to get married. This is it. I'm going to give up everything for him. But he was like a – he was a scrub, man. I'm not saying anything about Sean. I don't know anything about Sean. He's probably a perfectly nice young man. But we do dumb things. Perfectly nice. She quit cheerleading and she's skipping school for this guy. It's not his fault. He's the influence here. (laughs) He's the influence. So she was a very intelligent girl and had a good chance of getting into college and having a scholarship. She kept working really hard, but obviously, you know, she's skipping school. Her grades are slipping. So 
at this point she really needs to uh, work a little harder and dump this guy. My opinion only, my opinion only. Um, the mother-daughter relationship that they had became more and more tumultuous. So Rebecca sent her to a two-week live-in counseling center for teens. There are multiple reports of Jessica becoming visibly upset after a phone call with her boyfriend, Sean, right before she was supposed to come home from this two-week counseling center for teens. Um, At around 6 p.m., she told a friend she was going to the mall and went to a bus stop near the counseling center. That was the last time anyone saw her alive. So we looked into where she went, which is called the Huckleberry House. It was founded in the 1970s. And basically, it's a its main goal is it's like a home for runaway and homeless youth. They do offer counseling services um, to support like teens and their families or different issues that teens may have. So... It didn't really say anything specific that they work on, and I don't know if they have that program anymore with the living counseling service specifically. Um, I'm wondering, my thought is maybe she, since she had talked about running away, wanting to run away, maybe she already knew of this place and was in contact with them, and maybe her mom was like, you know, maybe you should just go and spend two weeks there and see how you like it. Maybe if you are away from me for a couple of weeks, you'll realize the grass isn't always greener on the other side, that type of thing. Or my other thought is, you know, on their website, and of course, this is probably like not even right anymore because years passed, but maybe they talked about, you know, for, you know, families in crisis, violent situations. I mean, we don't know, maybe... Um, some of these outbursts became violent and her mom felt like maybe it would be safer for her to be there for a mm-hmm. couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't know. But we really don't know. I think it's possible they identified her as an as- at risk for running away and that, you know, and since that's one of their main core, I don't know, points, their main yeah. core I mean, purpose. Is... I feel like we're missing some information here. Yeah. Investigators determined that she had been abducted after entering or being forced into a stranger's car. She was held cap- held captive and sexually assaulted um, between two and six hours before she made her escape. At the scene of the crime, the police found one of her socks, which must have fallen in as she fled, um, and a knee print behind a tombstone where she had crouched to hide from her captor unfortunately it was really dark i mean this is this cemetery is in the middle of like nowhere uh as she was running she ran into a fence post and fell to the ground uh, which gave her time her murderer time to strike her in the face and kill her police were able to obtain dna samples luckily but they were unable to find a match for years this was time before CODIS was a big thing, which is the um, basically the national DNA database for criminals. Obviously, the first suspect was her boyfriend, Sean. I mean, it's always the boyfriend, right? Well, yeah, it's always the boyfriend or the husband. Mm-hmm. It's always the boyfriend or the husband, people. 
Right. Um, and they had just had that fight. Mm-hmm. Very suspicious. Really points to Sean as the slayer. However, Sean was in Florida at the time. He had an airtight alibi and his DNA wasn't a match. So luckily they were able to clear him right away because, I mean, imagine being a young guy and yeah, I'm glad that they were able to immediately Already finding out that. that your girlfriend was murdered in just such a horrific way and then people pointing their fingers at you. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, can't I can't even, even imagine. imagine. No. So I'm glad that they were able to immediately clear his name. Um, but then they were pretty much left with nothing. Mm-hmm. They didn't really know. There was there really weren't a lot of other suspects at the time. And then this case went unsolved for how many years? I think 17 years. 17 years. So a really long time. And I'm not sure at the time if they even had... You know, today you might be able to track things on like a traffic camera. I'm sure that most cemeteries have a um, some sort of security system, at least by the gate. I would assume most would. Maybe not. I don't know. This isn't a very big cemetery. It's kind of rural. So I'm not sure if something like this would have. Hmm. I just feel like there's so many opportunities if this happened today besides the DNA to mm-hmm. like track or... You know, there's just so many traffic cameras now that can track yeah. where people are going and that type of thing. Um, and cell phones. and Yeah, right. They could track our cell phone data. Mm-hmm. That would be... And who else was in the area. Right. And, but, you know, 30 years ago, that wasn't the case. Slowly but surely, the case went cold for 17 years. However, investigators were unable to forget the flaying that had happened right on their doorstep, and they continued to periodically revisit the evidence in hopes that something new might come to light. After 17 years of this case being completely cold, in 2008, it finally did come to life. So, 2008, we were the age that she was when she lost her life. That oh was, my would have been our freshman year of high school. So we were, I mean, I think I was actually 14, 14, 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, I was 15. So, wow, that's the same year. insane. I know. So that's kind of just a crazy comparison. But in 2008, Madison County Sheriff Jim Sabin and Special Agent Greg with the double G's, <laughs> Costas, got the hit on CODIS. They were looking for after once again running the semen sample through the system. Something finally popped up. And it belonged to a man named Marvin Lee Smith Jr., who was swiftly arrested. I mean, I'm just very interested. Um, I bet, I mean, 17 years later, he's like, I'm in the clear, nothing. Mm-hmm. He's probably not even thought about this. I mean, if, I mean, I feel like most people would think about if they murdered somebody, but this is like a sick and twisted man. So I feel like he's probably like not even thought about it in years. It's been so long. Right. And Um, he submitted his DNA back in 2000. So the laws regarding DNA samples had changed from the time that he had gone to jail. And um, then by the time he was released around, I think he was released around 2000. And as he was being released, they took his sample. So it was it was eight years later. So he probably definitely thought he got away with it. Yeah. I wonder if he had any inkling when they did take the sample 
if that was going to pop up. And I just wonder if that at all went through his mind. I mean, I almost feel like it has to. You know, like they're taking your DNA sample and you know you committed this heinous crime. Like it has to come back into your head. You know, that little bit of worry. Right. So what was he, do we know what he was in jail for in 2000? Yes, he was... Um, so it was in 1990, um, he was charged with, uh, felony one, uh, rape and kidnapping and a felony two robbery of, for two women in Columbus. So that happened in 1990. Yes. So he had been awaiting trial when, um, when he murdered Jessica. He, I believe... Oh, man, I looked, I actually looked online and I got a a little bit of a timeline of his. This is crazy. He should have been under house arrest. No, because he wasn't, he was on bail. So he was. Wait, 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 wait. This just doesn't, this is just so. It's just, that just feels not right. Like, really, you're going to trial for something this serious like this sick twisted and dark and you're just like la-di-da like I'm just just I'm walking just out the and about like that's I mean innocent until proven guilty but I feel like for but something I feel like, like that mm-hmm. you need to have more precautions Not right like, oh, you can go in any, anywhere and do anything right and it happens all the time they don't I mean you set a low bail and they're able to get out and oh, await trial, and this is what out. happens. Like, who is out there? Like, who's in our neighborhoods? Like, right, right. Fuck? I know because he. I mean, it was. I think it was either late 1991 or early 1992 that he finally went to jail. So, so that's a was long this time for the him. To nine sh- years that he was in, or was that something different? Yeah, that was the nine years between 1991 okay. and 2000. Was the nine years he was in? So he's a serial rapist. Yes. Yes, so he's he served two jail sentences, 1991 to 2000 for rape and kidnapping of two women in Columbus, and then now he's in jail for this heinous, heinous crime. And it's one of those things they always say that the longer the you know these sickos are able to keep committing crimes they escalate and this is it seems like this is kind of what happened that's just so scary to think that he was out on bail mm-hmm. for something so heinous right shouldn't be allowed bail for something that crazy i'm sorry i mean and not i i think his bail was i'm gonna have to double check this before i post this but i think it was only something like fifteen thousand dollars interjection here Looked it up. I was close. It was twenty thousand dollars, which even in nineteen ninety one seems on. insanely low for yes. someone who raped and kidnapped two people. I feel like the point of bail is so that you can't afford to pay it. Right, depending on the severity I mean, of the yeah. crime. Right, but like for if something it's like that, something like, like that, we don't it's want like, you to be able to pay for this. Right. Shit. Right. I mean, that's a whole nother thing we could go into. <laughs> Can you pay bail for credit card or does it have to be cash or check? Money order? Like, how does this work? Money so, order. I seriously don't know. Like, could you just open up a bunch of credit cards and just Can I wire you some money for my bail <laughs> from my offshore account? Oh, my gosh. Like, what? That's crazy. Um, 
on the scene. They have a DNA match, and it's this dude. Smith. This creepy creep. Creepy creep. So, justice at last for Jessica. Finally. Yeah, finally. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I bet her family probably just at this point had given up ever having some kind of some form of like closure like some form of like we know who it was we have all the answers I mean not that that makes it feel any better but I just feel like it's you can end that chapter like you have an ending right for that in a way and some sense of justice at least to know that the person who killed your loved one is still out there yeah is could be living Terrifying. next door to you. You have no idea. Right. And could be doing something else to someone else. And that would just make me sick. That's so horrible. So uh, in court in 2009, Smith did confirm um, all the suspicions that the police had of him being involved in this murder. Uh, the suspicions that he had basically taken Jessica after seeing her um, just kind of by chance by the bus stop on that March day in 1991. Which is so sad because I'm sure she seemed very vulnerable. She was without her parents and he probably didn't even know how vulnerable she was because she was, you know, in a counseling center at the time. She Mm -hmm. was having a hard time with her boyfriend and he really just, he really preyed on her in a moment of, in a low point for her. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just so terrible. Um, He even recounted how he had chased her through the cemetery before catching up with her and ultimately killing her uh, in the end with a gravestone. So he killed her with a gravestone, which is just kind of... You got to involve another dead person, really. That's a good point. You know what I mean? Like that... I mean... I don't know if the family of the member's gravestone who's there knows. I mean, if you're killing somebody with a gravestone, is it a piece of it? And they're probably wondering, hey, where'd that piece of my dad's gravestone go? I think it was a full gravestone because reportedly it was 70 pounds. 70 pounds, I read somewhere, which is insane. And he hit her so hard it broke in half. So that family knows. They have to know they if have if, to know. if that horrible. person is still alive. I mean, I didn't even think about that. But like, to know that your loved one's gravestone was used as a murder weapon, oh, I would be furious. That would make me feel sick. That would make me feel sick. Um. Well, so this must be, I'm guessing, an older cemetery because when we went to the cemetery a couple of weeks ago, I was just shaking those. Oh, yeah. Tombstones. And they just, you know, aren't like those older tombstones are not secure. Like they're just setting on top of another slab of concrete or marble or whatever it is. Yeah. Especially if they're not like some historic cemeteries are really well kept up, Mm -hmm. but a lot of them are not. Yeah. You know, it's when we went to this was crazy. We went. We were over in like Western Ohio. We were driving through an industrial park and happened to see this random cemetery with like 19th century graves in it. 
Yeah, it was crazy. And I even joked because, like, I, like, had put my hand on one and I realized, oh, this is loose. Like, this is literally wiggling. And then I would, like, I was just shaking it back and forth. I wasn't actually going to take it with me. But I was joking. Like, I could literally, like, pick this up, put this in my car and drive away with this. You literally could. I literally could. It it was so weird. But I don't think that those weighed 70 pounds. No, those were very small. A maybe 70, 20, 30, 40 pounds. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. A 70 pound. That would be huge. And to pick it. Oh, my God. Just So it's just, like, interesting because it's, like, death by death. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. I mean, it's, like, weirdly poetic, but it's also just so heinous and tragic yeah. that it's just. I mean, it's horrible. But 70 pounds. Oh, my gosh. Um, so, yeah, he used such force that the whole thing split in two, which is crazy. I'm imagining if it's 70 pa- pounds, it's probably a pretty hefty, like, a two-hander, you know? Yeah. Oh, for sure. And this is a little girl. Like, she's she's small. So, I don't know. For him to hit her that hard. <sighs> for someone to have the thought. I mean, obviously, this is already, like, you have to be really sick to be doing this in the first place. But, like, to think, I don't even have anything to murder her on me, on my person. Mm-hmm. I don't have a gun. I don't have a knife. I don't have anything. What can I use out in the natural environment here to murder somebody? Like, maybe that would be something you would think of if you're, like, in a life or death situation and need to, like, wart somebody off. Mm -hmm. But, like, for someone to be, like, looking around, like, I need to, you know, I feel like I should murder this person. What can I do it with? Yeah, that's, like, a person without a conscience. Yeah. Like, I would never think those kind of things unless it was me feeling like I needed to wart somebody, you know, Mm -hmm. like, somebody was coming after me. That's just crazy. So, um... Marvin Lee Smith Jr. pled guilty to first-degree murder um, as a part of a plea bargain so he would avoid the death penalty. So he was sentenced to 30 years to life in prison, and he is eligible for parole in March of 2038, but may end up spending the rest of his life in prison, and I hope he does. I wonder, so how old is he? Okay, so he'd have to be, he's 65 now, right? So he's not going to be eligible for parole until he's 81. But like I was saying, he definitely could get out at 81. Mm -hmm. Definitely could. Um, He might need to be in like a nursing home. Do you want to be his nurse? Do you want to be his aide? Do you want to be the person who has to deliver him food every day? I mean, I will say, in the field of nursing, we care for all kinds, and I have cared for all kinds. Um, but that's a good point, because I had come with the, you know, I was like, well, he's 81, he can't hurt anyone anymore. But that's a good point. It's not true, Be, just because he, you know, isn't going to actively go out and attack anyone, most likely he still can absolutely be harassing and hurting people, you know, the people that he's exposed to. Yeah. He could be, you know, I mean, he could be, basically, he could assault anybody who he's working with, even if it's, 
in a, in a seemingly small way, but that is a really good point that I just didn't even think about. Yeah, I mean, there's already so many people who, like, sexually harass nurses and other people in mm-hmm. nursing homes who aren't rapists. Right, yeah, that's true. Serial rapists and murderers, so... I don't know. I'm going to read some quotes from her family that just really, I feel like, describes how they feel. So, you know, steal your heart, everybody. This is, this is heart-wrenching. Okay. Um, Jessica's older sister, Heather Tallett, said, everything in my life is measured against her loss. Time is marked before and after her death. I miss her so. I love that quote, and I think probably also... That's very poetic. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people could take that and relate to it. Yes, yeah. No matter how mm-hmm. your loved one died, I feel like a lot of people say that their life changes after. Mm-hmm. And probably even more so for her, because it's just, yeah. I mean, a huge traumatic event for the whole family. Um, Her mom, Rebecca, said, I can still feel Jessica's heart beating as she ran for her life that day. I can see her hiding behind the stu- tombstones, and I can hear her praying. Oh, that is so. Oh, that's so awful. I know. And as a mother, to have to think about that. But I've been thinking about that a lot, though. Like, it's been like haunting me what she must have been feeling while she was running. Um. I could only hope that she was on some, like, really high adrenaline kick. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure she was. I feel like she was a total badass for breaking away and running. Yeah. Because I don't even know if I... I I don't know. I just feel like it takes a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes intelligence and cunning and strength. I feel like I'd be like, this is it. Yeah. I don't know if I would... I don't think I would even... I think I'd be too scared to move, I think I would, too. But she... Ran for her life, and I mean, I just can't even imagine how terrifying. Um, and just being in a graveyard, I, I just like that would feel very ominous for a lot yeah. of people. It would be very hard to do that at the end of your life and have that reminder of death in your face as you're running for your life. Like, I can only hope that she felt the way we felt when we thought we were going to crash and die in that car. Because I felt okay. Like, in the end. That's you know what right. I'm talking about? Yes. Like, so, me and Janelle were, um, we were not in an accident, but we um, slid out onto a highway, like, in an icy highway, and the car w- went around, like, I don't know how many times, but it was terrifying. Mm-hmm. And, but I think most people in the car agreed that nobody was really, like, scared, and everybody felt, like, this deep sense of calm mm-hmm. like just calm yeah it was weird it was almost like, like an adrenaline clarity yeah it was like i was in my head going i think i'm going to die but i just didn't have that panic i didn't have it was just a total adrenaline yeah, rush just of kind just of like a adrenaline rush kind of like a feeling of acceptance 
Yeah, like you're just, like, we were, I was just watching to see what happened. I had no emotion yeah, at the time. Yeah, like zero emotion. And I mean, that's sad, but I guess if I could hope for anything in the end, that she didn't feel fear when yeah. she did lose her life. That it wasn't, like the moment that it happened was not scary, was not painful. You know what I mean? I yeah, that's, that it I guess, was that, really the only hope I could have for her. Yeah, just that overwhelming feeling of adrenaline that you almost can't. Because that's just an unimaginable thing to have to mm-hmm. go through. She ended up being buried in a different cemetery. Yes. That was one of my first things. I was like, <laughs> I have to check and make sure it's in a different cemetery. Thank God. Yeah. Because that would be too traumatic to have to go to that yeah. same place every day. It's almost like sad that she had to, like, <sighs> sorry, <laughs> that she ended up in a cemetery. I don't know. That sounds weird. Like, obviously, no. like she's died, but like, I don't know. I mean, this is totally family choice and whatever they want. But if it was my loved one, I would most certainly bring them home in an urn. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. Yeah. And I know a lot of people, I mean. Only because of the circumstances of everything. Right. Right. Yeah. It would be really, really hard. Yeah. Oh, it must have been so hard because she is buried in a cemetery in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't imagine during the wake, like when, you, I don't know, maybe they didn't even do this part. You know, when you go and you throw the dirt on the grave as it's, mm-hmm. as it's on the grave, on the um, casket as it's lowered into the ground. I mean, maybe they didn't do that. That would make sense. Yeah. Because I could not imagine after, like, where she died, how she died, going and, like, doing that. I can't either. I mean, maybe they just skipped it. Yeah. Or maybe they seem like a very strong family. I would lose it. I... I would that too. would be too much. But no, she's not buried in that cemetery. She's buried in a different cemetery. Rest in peace, Jessica. Poor sweet little thing. And we're going to go visit the cemetery. Hell yeah. I hope that, okay, this, this is a side note. I don't even know if you want to keep this in, but I'm like, I hope that her spirit has been launched into the universe and is still not stuck there. Me too. I don't know. That's like my, that's my thought. I'm like, is she still there? Because I, I don't know. You know, I'm not dead. I don't know. But I just hear that a lot of the times traumatic deaths leave a spirit lost or a soul lost. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the times they stick around. Unfortunately, I don't know if it's just because, I don't know, they get stuck and they don't know that it's happening and it's happening they don't get out. I don't, I don't know. I'm hoping, well, I mean, he, but I'm just now like that she has that justice and, you know, the person who did it is, you know, out of, safely behind bars, out of everyone else's way. And her family so clearly wants her to be at peace. I'm mm-hmm. hoping that she... Also, another side note, I, like... I don't know. I can't help but imagine, like, the other spirits that have been laid, laid, laid to rest there, just, like, if they're able to mm-hmm. be aware of what's going on. Just the 
oh, feeling. You know what I mean? I feel like they probably some spiritual feathers. <laughs> I know. I mean, I'm just picturing them all just yeah running after her, or just you know. But you know, they can't do anything. And then against that crazy, crazy man. Sidetracked again. I have another thought. <laughs> so the the grave that he used to end her life. Is that now evidence? Like, oh, that's for such a good question. When they were done, did they, you know, put that back? I don't know. But I feel like that person needs a new gravestone. Yeah. Because that is, I don't care who pays for it. I don't care if someone, because that is just a horrible thing. To even happen to that yeah. family or that spirit, that per like, they deserve a new gravestone. Because I would still hope that they have a marker there, but I'm like, yeah. if it was an old grave, a really old gravestone, like I'm imagining that it probably was, if it can come loose that easily, right. it was probably a really, really old gravestone. Mm-hmm. There might not be family members around anymore to pay for a new grave. Do they leave it unmarked? Or do they just bring it back? Do they buy a new one? I have questions. I feel like the city should have bought them one, or we. We should start a GoFundMe for a new gravestone. <laughs> Honestly, that's so awful. The cemetery that Jessica was found in and sought refuge in was Foster Chapel Cemetery in Plain City, Ohio, which is close to Columbus. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's not really... It's pretty rural out there. It is um, a military cemetery and originally was Methodist and Episcopal. There are 484 graves, so I feel like that's a decent-sized cemetery. So one of the really interesting graves there is um, Jonathan Adler. He was possibly the first white person to live with Native Americans in present-day Ohio. So he was basically Madison County's first white settler. Um, he was abducted and later adopted into um, a local community of um, Mingo and Shawnee people. He was very close to his new family, and he married a woman from the community. Um, and then as things became more difficult for indigenous people, uh, he jumped ship and went back to, to the white community. So I was just about to say, wow, this sounds really lovely. Yeah. Like, you know, one of those stories that are usually fake. Yeah. Um, things we like to make up to make ourselves feel better. Right. But no, it's <laughs> real. It's okay. And then, and then of course he decides to get the hell out of Dodge. Right. It's like total, you know, classic white man move. Just, yeah. oh, getting tough. Divorced Bye. his wife, ran away. I know. It was so heartwarming up yeah, to that like, point. Oh, that's so great. But it's still a very interesting yeah, story. An interesting is. grave marker. Um, also, Jessica's family placed a cross where her body was found. Um, and it said, Jessica Lynn Keen killed here March 17th, 1991. It's just an odd thing to see at a cemetery, it you is. know? It is. And my thought is how, 
how I mean I feel like they're angry I could see wanting to make people aware because mm-hmm. they're upset you know like you just do that kind of stuff when yeah. you're angry and I think it's fair you know yeah. you oh, do it yeah. at the it's, side of the road you know people do that when totally people are murdered out there. like I get it but like also I could get someone being like oh that's like really tough for me mm-hmm. to go visit my loved one you know, of course, I already know that this happened, but now I, they may not have known exactly where. Right. You know. Right. I don't know. And if I didn't know that coming in there, like how chilling that would be. Yeah. To be like, okay, so not only, I mean, you expect to see dead people at a cemetery. Of course. But, but like not... an actual murder in a cemetery, yeah. an actual death in like, a cemetery was is just. here. Yeah. Very chilling. <sighs> Well, I guess we'll get to see it if it's still there. Yeah. Get to see it live up close and personal. I don't know how I feel. I'm like, I'm excited to go visit because I think it's really cool to be able to almost like walk through it. Mm -hmm. But also that's like rough. Yeah. I think it's, I think it might be kind of hard. Yeah. But I also think it's kind of, I don't know. I think it's kind of important if we're going to talk yeah. about it, too, to really understand what she went through. I feel like being there, like, seeing the surroundings, like, the fence that they're talking about, the grave that she hid behind, I feel like that's going to, like... And maybe that was the reason that they put that there. Yeah, yeah. So, because... I don't know. For people like us who are going to see the scene of... The scene of a murder to, like, make it feel more real like make it hit home like maybe that was their intent with that right yeah yeah and to make him think about what jessica actually Mm -hmm. had to go through and what that would have been like for her i say what you said about her not having nowhere to go yeah so we just pulled up to the cemetery it is it's, I don't want to say it's small, but it's not big. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. There are just fields around us. So I'm just imagining being her and you've escaped the car and you're running. But honestly, there was nowhere for her to go. There's like nowhere she could have gone. She could have got into this field behind this fence. But that's it. There's no houses around. There's nobody to like save you, no one to hear you. Nothing. No. And there's, it's just fields. There's a, there's a, like a metro park next door. But again, that's not really, it's just, it's literally just a a park of fields. And who knows if that was even there then. And that's probably exactly why he brought her out here. Mm -hmm. Because he knew that there's absolutely nowhere to run. Nowhere to run. Um, I'm assuming this is. Oh, that's weird. There's nothing. Oh yeah, this is it. Basically, this is where she was killed. No. Yes. Yeah. That's where her body was found. The, oh, it's, it's sad. The cross is half missing. There, the, down the center of the cross, it says killed here March 17th, 1991. But her first name, half the cross has fallen off. And it just yeah. says Lynn Keen. Jessica's off. 
it's, there's been a lot of stuff left behind by different people. There's flowers and a wind chime and lights and just different random things. No, I can't remember from us going over it. How long was it till they found her body? Uh, I think it was it. I think it was the next day. When I when we were driving past here, I noticed so the the um, fence is just is wood posts. And again, they could have changed the fence since then, but it's wood posts with like wire. And I was like, that's a small fence. But now that I'm standing up next to the fence, the fence posts are almost exactly as tall yeah. as I am. So they're a little over five feet tall. So if she would have run into this fence, this would have been, I mean. Also, you probably, at nighttime, you probably wouldn't have been able to see this. I mean, there is literally like, there's no street lights. There's no, nothing. nothing. And if you would have hit this fence, you would have hit hard. It's a, it's, a, it's a, as wide as my hand and as tall as I am. So it, it, you would have easily, doesn't look big from the road, but you would have easily been able to. And then there's all these trees behind it too. So th it would have blended yeah, right in in the dark. You would have seen any of this at night. The graves here are really, really old. There, a lot of them are from the like 1800s. And there's a lot of this loose, how we're thinking. I was saying, I wonder it was an old graveyard if he was able to pick up a 70 pound grave. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't usually just pick up a regular grave stone, but a lot of these look loose and old. And yeah, a lot of these would be easy to pick up. And they're like a the lot of the, this, they're like those square, those large square flat ones, I guess. Like that's what I'm kind of picturing because they're, they'd probably be easy to lift, easy to lift and carry. So, do we remember the guy's name on the grave that she hid behind? No, I don't think I ever knew it. I think it was on there. Like easily, you could pick something like that up. You know? Yeah, there already are some that are in pieces. And a lot of these are on the thin side compared to some of like the, you know, monolith mm -hmm. type deals. Like, there's some of those, but there are some that are... Some of these are quite thin. Yeah. Um, and a lot of these, to be honest, are pretty tall and wide and would make a pretty good hiding place, especially in the dark. It's a shame... But even then, like, after you hit, like, there's nowhere really to go. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's like you can run and hide, but I... But there's nowhere to flee to. So even if right. you hid your best, like, there's only so many graves. Right. You'd have to get back out to the road and hope someone was there. But, you know, it's the middle of the night, so... Mm -hmm. This was a no-win situation. Like, yeah. I just feel like there's nothing she could have done to have her fate be anything else. Yeah. Unfortunately. I'm impressed that she did make it as far yeah. as she did. Yeah. I mean, honestly. She had to make it to the very back of the cemetery. And I, from everything that I was reading, I don't think she realized that she was actually going into a cemetery. I mean, yeah, it would have been pitch dark out, you right. know, whether it's a cemetery or a field or right. forest or what. I mean, 
I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. There's no light coming from any cities nearby or like small shopping centers. I mean, it's going to be pitch black. Right. I just think that she was very brave for, mm-hmm. you know, putting up a fight for her life. But I don't know. I really don't know how it could have ended any differently. Yeah. She really did everything she could. And I just. It must have been so ominous to run in here. You see, like, here's this fence. You run inside. And then just to see all these gravestones around you. That must... I mean, I I can't imagine how that must have felt when you're running for your life to see all of these reminders of death all around you. (sighs) It'd be horrible. Yeah, it really would. So, we can take away... Don't... If anybody's trying to lure you into their car around, you, you know, if somebody's being weird, like me and Janelle, somebody warned us of somebody being really weird today when we were at the beach. Um, just be wary of your surroundings. You never know who might want to harm you and take you. I know. I feel like I, I'm very bad about that. I feel like I can be very naive. I'm like, well, this person needs my help, or this yeah. person needs wants to help me. Yeah, because we don't... I don't know. I mean, I think that he did reveal exactly everything that happened when... He, but I, I don't know that that is on record anywhere. Like, that we can see. What do you mean? So, the guy who is in prison for, like, multiple rapes and murders. Um, Martin Smith Jr.? Yes. I believe that he did tell exactly what happened Mm -hmm. um but i couldn't find anywhere exactly what he told like the whole entire story oh like how he got her in the car and everything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because it could be forceful it could be she could have genuinely been trying to help somebody you don't know how um she was manipulated right yeah and i'm sure that's what happened i'm sure he he lied to her and told her something to get her in the car because I feel like, as especially as women, you want to help people. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you do have that healthy dose of... Yeah. Especially at 16. And this was the 90s. I feel like yeah. people were... Um, I guess your environment felt more safe than it does today. Especially her living in a small town. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, everyone's so hyper aware of that stuff. Yep. So everybody be hyper vigilant because you never know. If you're talking to anyone, anywhere. Yeah, don't talk and to don't, strangers. Don't, don't talk to strangers. They're all creepy. Creepy until proven innocent. Yes. Um, this is really pretty, though. It's weird because it feels so peaceful, and I'm like, this is, is really literally pretty, where someone... I don't feel like it's peaceful, mostly because of the snakes. We're going to post a link to the Huckleberry House's website in our Instagram and in our show notes so that you can support an organization that helps teens like Jessica in her memory. I'm picking up that 70 pound. <gasps> Jesus <laughs> Christ. Oh my God. It's not dangerous. It's just a garter steak. It's big. Let me look. I think it is. That is huge. Oh my god, Big Papa. It is so big. Big Papa Snake. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please rate and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at official underscore plot twist pod. 
Music is courtesy of Matthew Modena and our resources are in the show notes.